You must realize there aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Episode 37 The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10 I'll be there in 10 is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. It's like two 15-minute podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. So the maitre d' came up to me, and he said, Sir, please stop wheeling that butter knife as if it, as if it were a lightsaber. <laughs> and I went... Were you, wearing, were you wearing your Jedi robes? I was wearing my Jedi robes. You know, it was a very nice dinner. You know, it was a first date. I wanted to look really nice and stuff, and there was no second date. No? No. That's what, that's what I get for, uh, for going to a Renaissance fair and... <laughs> And trying trying to meet someone special. Anyway, Hi. hello everyone, and hello. welcome to. Uh, how are you, Brad? I'm fine. Brad? Thank you. Who do we have? In, uh, do we have anyone here we special? Have three special guests. Three. Uh, flashlight. Flashlight between my legs. And my two daughters, Ashley and Allison. Say hello, Ashley. Hi. And Allison. Hello. Hey. And how old are you guys, for the record? Thirteen. Thirteen and. Eight. Eight. Thirteen and eight. So, and the reason why we have them in here is we're actually continuing with our series on the Star Wars films, and today we're going to be looking at Attack of the Clones. Allison's writing on the board, (laughs) (laughs) on the right and white board, and she's making me laugh. That's pretty funny, Allison. That's the doofus list. Doofus list. I have one star, and Ashley's got 12. (laughs) And I have none. My name's not even on the doofus list, but it Uh, is now. There it is. Well, at least Flash isn't on it. Okay, uh... We started the Star Wars weekend festivities by attending the Star Wars Fan Day convention. Right, and I was originally going to go, but I, I, uh, you got I a had better a better pr- offer. I got well, not a better offer, but a different offer. And I wanted to take advantage of. Okay, it was this was at the uh, Plano Convention Center, uh, like some of the other uh, Dallas Comic Cons that we've been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty small. They cut the room in half. Really? Yeah, that is small. Really cramped. Yeah, they mm. cut the room in half. It was pretty cramped. Um, we did see, um, you know, some of the main actors and some of the as main as you can get. You know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, name some names. Well, Chewbacca was there. <laughs> Darth Vader was there. Hi. Both Boba Fett's were there. Hey, I'm Boba Fett. Hi. Daniel Logan. It's Boba. Boba. This is Bobo Fett. Bobo. Bobo is what happens when you hurt yourself. You got a Bobo. <laughs> uh, and Jeremy Bullock was there you know old old Boba Fett and Daniel Logan young Boba Fett okay. Amy, um, Allen. Amy Allen the blue twilight girl oh, okay. Jedi she was there we've met her before Darth Vader uh, David Prowse was there um, what's Boys Chewbacca's name uh, I forget is David is it David Lynn? Peter Mayhew Peter Mayhew yeah oh that's similar to David and by the way yes um, thank you Johnny M for the Star Wars Christmas special DVD you yes. sent us. Thank you very much. Um, I watched the commercials on it. They're, Are they it's funny? broken up into three parts. There's the special, there is a Muppet special, 
and then there's a whole bunch of commercials, which I watched the commercials all the way through. Those will bring back memories. And I watched about the first 10 minutes of the uh, special before I had to go out. Yeah. And um, it's it's hard. It's hard to watch. But you got to watch it, baby. You got to watch it. It's just like, yeah. This <laughs> Boy, that was loud laughter. Sorry about that. It's okay. I mean, it's hard, but you yeah. got to watch it. You got to watch it. Anyway, thank I'm you, gonna. Johnny. I'm I'm gonna. Were there old toy commercials and stuff? Yes, the toy commercials are fun. Cool. We'll have to play a couple of those. Okay. On the uh, on the show. Well, let's get to the meat. Let's get to what, Attack of the Clones, episode two. Give us a little background of like you did with the first movie. Um, I didn't. I didn't bring notes for that this time, but it is the second in the series. This was made in, I believe, two thousand one. You mean you didn't do research? How much it, I the budget do, was? I how much do, it made? No. Slacker. Yeah, I totally <laughs> slacked. Um. But uh, it, yeah, it made a lot of money. <laughs> yes. When this came out, it was uh, when? When did it come out? Uh, two thousand one. Two thousand one. No wait. Uh, it came out ninety nine. Two thousand. Two thousand two. I almost feel obligated to run out and go look at notes. I was experiencing my second period of back trouble. <gasps> I remember that, and remember you that? had to miss. I had to miss the movie on opening day because I was getting shots in my bohiney. That's right. Steroid shots to try to help the, with the pain in my lower uh-huh. back. TMI. Which turns out, huh? Nothing. Which turns out, uh, I had six years before that, I had two herniated discs. They fixed them both, and then uh, one of them went bad again. TMI, too much information. Oh, is that what you said? TMI? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so while my friends were watching the movie. <laughs> Uh, on opening day, I was at the hospital, yeah. so that that was awful. But didn't someone give you a bootleg copy, like a couple weeks later? Yes, somebody uh, found a copy of it on the internet, and I uh, did not distribute it for money, <laughs> so there's no harm done. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was able to watch it. It was a bad copy, but yeah. still. Anyway, okay, so um. Anyway, um, so sorry. You know what? I didn't do that. That's my. That's my. No bad. problem. Who cares? But so made lots of money. George Lucas is happy. Yes. So uh, this is the continuation of the story, um, like a Dudley story. And again, of Muppet Show. That was from Muppet Show. <laughs> oh, Pigs in space. Oh like yeah. Like a Dudley story. Uh, Anakin's um, a more established Padawan, and um, someone has tried to kill the Queen. That's how the movie opens. Yes. Later. Tries to to kill the queen. Um, The senator. senator, You're right. Former queen. Former queen. Now current senator. Did Mm -hmm. you want to say something, Allison? No? No. Okay. (laughs) Um, So they're trying to figure out who's behind all this. Why why is the queen being killed? There's a whole bunch of uh, of, uh, planets leaving the Senate because they just think the the Federation is just falling apart. Or um, the Senate's falling apart. Like there's too much bureaucracy and stuff like that. And we found out later in the story that Count Dooku is actually behind all this. That's kind of jumping ahead, but... Lord Tyrannus. Yeah. But he's he's the one kind of um, orchestrating all this. Uh, out of my hierarchy of films... I was about to say, where, overall, where does this rank? This is number three, but it is so close to, up to Empire Strikes Back for me. It is virtually a tie between this movie and, and so Empire. So Empire Strikes Back is your number two? Yes, and this is uh, this would be a, this just is your a number close three. number three. Really? Yeah. That means you think this movie was better than uh, Return of the Sith? Yes. Wow. 
Well, I, and, and I can... And it's not because of story elements in Sith. It's because... I know we're getting off topic here. But um, it's because it's a little anticlimactic for me. I know where it's going. Yeah. I know how it's going to end. That's one of the problems with the, all of the prequels. Is yeah. that you know... The only... I can say the only genuine moment of surprise that was given to us mm-hmm. in all of the all three of the sequels was when Qui-Gon uh, was killed. Yeah. Yeah. Now it if you because you didn't know that that was going to happen unless of course you saw the title of the song on the, the on the soundtrack. Yeah. So no big deal. Um but that that's the only reason why um why Sith is in my list number three. Because okay. I, I kind of I just know where we're headed, so there's no real surprise there. But, I mean, back to this one. What really stood out for you, Brad? What what well, made I'm, this movie... Well, where is it in your ranking first? Uh, let's see. I would have to say... You know, before today, I might have ranked it number five. Mm-hmm. But I think it's tied with four. Okay. And what's, think, and what's four? Um, this one and Jedi, Jedi, I think, are tied with for uh, for four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie a lot more today than I have the last couple of times mm-hmm. I've watched it. Maybe because I hadn't seen it in a while. I don't know, but well, you know, for me, the movie starts off it it, it does start off with a bang, but story elements up until they get to Geonosis just kind of slow it down the pacing is kind of bad for me once they get on geonosis and that whole thing happens with the arena fight and stuff that it takes off it then becomes my favorite movie because we're seeing jedis fight you know robots and then we have robots uh, robots and we have um you need a pen well i was just gonna make some notes okay <laughs> here you can have it no i got one get, the, get out of the bag would you Thanks. um the, the, you know, and there's the the mystery with Ben Kenobi following the dark. Like, okay, in my notes, I have this scene right here where he meets up with the character Dex, and that, in yes. that um, for for me, that story element is almost all Dex does is he tells him that that's from the from the Kimono people. That's that's all he he does. Kimono, Kimono people. Camino. And there's a lot of production value just to get that little piece of information. Well, the whole movie's full of production value because they mm. can do it now. Yeah. And uh, I think the... Um, I have in my notes that I hate, hate, hate the Droid Factory sequence. Really? I absolutely I hate like it. I like it a lot. Well, it's it's all flash and no substance. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. All that, flash and that's no what substance. That ch- that's what that Dex section of the movie is for I me. would agree. Dex, I like the character though. He's kind of he's kind of fun, you know. He's mm-hmm. happy. Um, there was nothing but, and there was nothing but stupid stuff in the droid factory, you know. Anakin certainly wasn't behaving like a Jedi in that. In that, uh, he just wasn't using his brain. I, I didn't think really. Yeah. Uh, I think that 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 that's part of his arrogance, and that's part of him yeah, being a I Padawan. I guess so. Um, actually, I liked the droid factory part. We so got to I. see we got to see R two kind of, you know, step it up a little bit. We see what he could do. There's some comic relief in that with C three PO, which I think Wet Rat said he hated that. He hated C three PO. Um, 
But that, that segment makes me happy. You know, there's all this craziness going on, and then there's those small little fun elements of C-3PO kind of dealing with what's going on with him. Kind of breaks up the monotony a little bit that Jar Jar did not provide in the first movie because he was so polarizing. While we're talking about... In, C- in my opinion. Yeah. While we're talking about C-3PO, mm-hmm. um, I, I think in the first three movies, C-3PO's voice is really awful. It sounds different than it does in episodes four, five, and six. Because he's older. I mean, the well, actor it's, plays. It's him. obviously because he's older, but I just—it almost sounds like he's whining mm-hmm. a lot more than he did in the first three movies. And the only way I can rationalize the difference between the, the two trilogies, as far as the way C-3PO sounds, is that when he gets his memory wiped in episode three, it kind of—it <laughs> kind of affected his voice modulator. Okay. You know. I love other than that. that, other than that, I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with, with his, his voice in that first movie. It's just in the in the first trilogy. It's just, uh, it's just great on me. Well, how about the character of Ben Kenobi? Because here we, he's a little more established. We get to see him a lot more than we did in Episode One, and here we really get the latest deeds of what he's going to be, or or who he is, or. You know, how his personality... His personality is more defined in this movie. What did you think of Ben? Because arguably, this is the most we've ever seen him, even in the first movie. Because he he is the second banana in this movie. I liked how we got to see a little bit more of the transformation from the Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, to the Alec Guinness, Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, the hair's growing, the beard's growing. uh, And you, you see even more of this in the third episode when he says things that you've heard that you heard obi-wan say in episode four Mm -hmm. um so i like the transformation i think uh obi-wan's beard looks fake in this movie it almost looks like i can see it glued on his face it looks like hair plugs or something and that bothers me um the uh (laughs) it's a cg beard (laughs) yeah i know the the whole thing about anakin uh, about obi-wan talking to anakin and using the phrases, my young Padawan, mm-hmm. my young apprentice, I got old really quick. He said it probably like 500 times in mm-hmm. the movie. Whoa, good shot. Good call, my young apprentice. Yeah, we get it that he's your young apprentice or his young a Padawan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is it really necessary to say that over and over and over? I, I think they were trying to make uh, him seem older than he was so he could be wiser and, and Anakin younger than he looked. I mean, you know, Anakin, I'm not sure what age he's supposed to be, but he's obviously a teenager, 17, 18. Perhaps. Well, I can tell 19. you he's, he's 19 in this movie. He's 19, yeah. okay. Ten years have passed since the first one. He was nine in that one. Okay, so so he's 19 in this one. You know, for, for me... There's um, there's a couple elements about Ben that I don't like that are established in the show in, in this movie, and that's his conservatism towards how to operate as a Jedi. Um, things like uh, using the Queen as bait. He didn't really he he thought it was a good idea, but he wasn't sure. He's always reminding um, uh, Anakin to think. You know, he doesn't like to fly. He doesn't like to take chances, and that's not the Ben that that at least I would like to remember from. I, I mean, okay, you don't grow old by taking reckless chances, but, I mean, if you're going to be a warrior, a Jedi, you need to take chances, much like Qui-Gon did, you know? Qui-Gon went with his gut and stuff like that. I don't think Ben, at least the way he's portrayed in this movie, would ever go with his gut. He would go with the logical course of action. 
And isn't that what he did, though? Didn't he? He didn't follow his gut in this movie. Um, I, I think he, he did. You think so? Yeah, I, I think he did. I just think he was the uh, the uh, uh, Jedi Council's not whipping boy, but mm. he was yes man to the Jedi mm-hmm. Council. You yes, know? yes. And maybe part of that was trying to instill the concept of obedience into Anakin. Yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, just like a police officer or a soldier, stuff like that, they're supposed to follow orders. But at the same time, they have to use their judgment at times. Yeah, and that's what that's what Qui Gon was very good at. You know, he followed his gut and he did what he thought was right. You know, and Anakin uh, saw that in Qui Gon and probably mm-hmm. picked some of that up. Yeah, and you know, Obi Wan, you you mentioned it in the last Star Wars episode where he says, "Master, do not don't defy the Council again." You know, you know it's a good like, point. Good point. He's, it's like he, re- he uh, Obi Wan sees the desire and recognizes the desire to maybe take chances, but he's a he's a company man. He plays by the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, he maybe that'll keep him safe. Maybe he has a feeling deep down that you know if people start doing what they want and don't play by the rules, then the Jedi Order will fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for me, this movie really kind of kind of picked up when they were on. Well, I mean, there's a couple there's a couple scenes. I, I wanted to talk about the the Comino scene where um, where Ben has to fight um, uh, Django. Django Fett, yeah, that is awesome. That, that is a that is a fantastic a, a fantastic scene. Yes, I, I love that scene. In fact, there's a. I wrote down. I mean, I love his line. I think he says says. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> oh, not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that not just good. made me laugh. But it's—I mean, it's—it's it's almost not two equals, but two good warriors fighting over something that that needed to be. Um, um, it, it was just fun. It was a great fight, great pace. You know, I—I I believed everything that was going on in that during you, that part. You've hardly said a word yet. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to add. <laughs> Well, um, what did you think about the uh, Obi Wan Django duel? I liked it. Yeah, okay. I know. That's all you ever say is I liked it. Well, I mean, what stood out for you? Was it believable to you? Sure. I'm sure. Let, let me ask you this. You know, because there was a whole bunch of rain going on in you know during that fight scene and stuff like that. I mean, would, did that add more drama to it, or was it? Yeah, because uh, the metal would be slipperier. Slipperier. Yeah. Than it if it was dry. Yeah, and that 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 kind of made it more fun too because they had to fight. Not only are they fighting this great fight, but they're fighting it in the rain. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that that's a, just a nice little element because yeah, it just added a little bit to it. It added some drama, and it, mm-hmm. it made it more fun for me. More drama for your mama. <laughs> um. Yeah, one of the things I really dug. There's a lot of little things in this movie that were like. <coughs> nods to the fanboys, mm-hmm. I want to say. Pardon me. Uh, one of my favorites was when, at the end of the uh, Django-Obi-Wan duel, Django is running in, he's climbing up the ramp into mm-hmm. the Slave One. Right. And it's closing, and it comes down and bonks him in the head. Bonks his helmet, and you can hear it bonk. You can <laughs> hear that. Now, if you notice, before that, everybody knows Boba Fett's got that little dent in his helmet. Right. Before that happened, Django's helmet was not dented whatsoever. 
but after that, when you see him in the arena with his helmet on, you could see a little dent there. Mm-hmm. That and dent's from the and that's that dent's closing. from when he he was walking up into a ship and the thing closes on his head, bonk. And oh, I remember in the theater cool. seeing that, um, hearing that bonk very uh, distinctly. And people noticing it and laughing and stuff and pointing, oh, that's how he got the dent in his helmet. And I've heard this. This may be a lot less looser, but there's a there's a story about in New Hope where there's a scene um, where the stormtroopers are in the Death Star and are coming after R2 and C-3PO. Yeah, and they're yeah, going and to then, that closet. Yeah, yeah and, and Stormtrooper hits his head on a door. You see it's in the background. Right. But apparently that person hit their head pretty hard. Yeah. And I couldn't hear the bonk when Django hit his head, but I could hear it when the Stormtrooper hit Well, in the in the theatrical version of Star Wars, um, when, the, when the Stormtrooper hit his head, there was no... Bonk. There was no bonk. They uh-huh. added that bonk, the sound of him hitting his head in the special edition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I've heard people saying, "Oh, that's kind of, it's kind of like a trait that that stormtrooper inherited." <laughs> from, from that's funny. From uh, you know, if, thinking that's a clone. Nice. You know, that's still a clone. It's a trait that he inherited from his quote unquote father. Nice. You know, so nice. I've, always, I've always liked thinking of it as that. <laughs> Well, let's ask. Let's talk about the relationship between um, between Anakin and uh, Padme. Being a girl, what did you think of it? I mean, did did you think it was believable? Did you think they made a good couple? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you see a lot of stress between them? I mean, yeah. In in I mean, how did that how did that how did that make you feel? Because I mean, basically, that's their romance, you know. But they have to keep it hidden. Keep it hidden, and uh-huh. they couldn't show that uh-huh. they liked each other. You have to hold your mic in front of your mouth. There you go. That's what I'm doing. No, you. <laughs> You're being like a Jedi and going. Anyway, <laughs> so this is what. Okay. Does that mean you're hiding something from your old man? <laughs> you said you liked the fact that they had to keep it hidden. No. No. Okay. Just wondering. Just wondering. You didn't think it was kind of forced. I mean, it's been ten years. And all of a sudden, she falls in love with him that quickly? Yeah, no. Remember uh, when they were being carted out on that um, cart? Yeah, the cart, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Into the arena, she says, you know, ever since you've come back, you know, I I love you, I truly, deeply love you. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that happened a little fast? To me, it had never sat, sat well. It's it's almost like she was hiding her emotions the whole time because she didn't want to display them. When they were in the room with the fire and it was all dark and gloomy, she briefly mentioned that she liked him, uh-huh. loved him, whatever you want to say. Yeah, and and I guess as a senator, she felt like she couldn't be tied down or have a boyfriend or yeah. have someone that she could care for because that you know senators don't do that. If she wanted to be taken seriously, I guess. I mean. I, it, it's kind of hard because when they first meet after 10 years, what's the line she says? She says, oh, Annie, you'll always be that little boy on Tatooine to yeah. me. And I can remember being in the theaters and that line being said. And I went to the first showing and all the guys going, ooh. Yeah, you could hear <laughs> you could hear Anakin's heart breaking. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody, you know, when you like a girl, you don't want to be the little brother. You know, you don't want <laughs> to be seen as the little brother. Let's, they yeah. might as well have put this music in right yeah. here when she said that. Yeah, I thought he did play the part of the uh, of the shy, shy young man around her pretty well. But um, at least in that first part when he first meets her, 
Um, I just thought their whole, like, any of the dialogue they ever had between the two of them was really cheesy. When and, it came to the, the romance part of it, I just thought it was really bad. And that's, and Brad, that's what hurts this movie the most. This movie could have been so good if the acting had just been pushed up a little bit more. Was it this movie or the second movie where George hired a dialogue, somebody to help him write the dialogue? Mm, I think it might have been was this the one. Second movie. Oh, this one or the, or the third movie? I think it might have been this one, but I'm not yeah. 100% sure. Well, he should fire whoever helped him. I, you know, and I don't, Brad, I don't think it was so much the dialogue that, that, I mean, the dialogue was cheesy, yes, I'll give you that. But it was the way it was delivered. A good actor can make that line work, can make any lines work. But I don't think that they were given the the directional strength or, or the direction to, you know, where am I in this scene? What am I doing? That's what a good director does. He really is that, gets to, Is that why perhaps the dialogue in episodes four, five, and six while being just as cheesy and contrived, didn't come across that because George, you know, didn't direct episodes five and six. Yeah, I, I, I would almost say so. Yes, I mean, for goodness' sake, in in Empire Strikes Back, Yo, uh, uh, Luke is talking to a puppet, but yet we believe that puppet yeah. because there is there is some emotional weight in there. We believe that if we believe every second that that puppet is real. Even though it's doing the Muppet walk, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, you know, d- directors are, directors are just so important in getting their actors to portray, to portray that, to, you know, I kind of wish they had put another director on this. I, I know it was I, George's baby. Well, I wish, I wish he would have let Steven help him. Okay, could you imagine if Steven uh, Spielberg had directed this? It would have been such a different movie. At least if he'd helped him, mm. you know, but... George, like you said, it was his baby, and he just wanted to—he mm-hmm. just wanted to do it all himself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't blame him. I wouldn't anybody want—I wouldn't want anybody messing up my vision. Yeah. But there comes a time when you got to realize, you know what? I may not be cut out for this. Right. I could use another opinion. Uh, well, I think it, it may be an aspect of of Lucas just having so much control now that he can practically do whatever he wants. And no one's going to say no to him. Yeah. And and so he took advantage of that and said, you know, what, I'm I'm going to do this movie the way I want to do it. And you know, kudos to him for doing that. But at the same time, g- people need to realize that they have limits in in what they are capable of doing. And and directing drama is not George's no, uh, strong point. I don't think it is. Not at all. Oh. Well, I was going to say something else, but let's talk about. Um, like your favorite moments, your uh, fanboy favorite fanboy moments. Uh, it, you know what? It's it's in the arena. It's when all the Jedi's are surrounded. That was so cool. When and all the those... ro- and the robots are coming mm-hmm. after him. I mean, that's that is something I had been waiting for as a kid. You know, it's just like here are the you know the first part we got the the first movie we got to see what Jedi's were capable of doing. But now we see a whole bunch of Jedi's doing what Jedi's are capable of doing. That arena fight was so cool when they all lit their lightsabers at the same time. Mm-hmm. And behind even behind like in the background, I mean, mm-hmm. you can see some Jedi up in the stands, mm-hmm. up in the seats, the bleachers, lightsabers coming on and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. It was so awesome just watching. Every once in a while you'd see a guy who had picked up a second lightsaber, mm-hmm. and he was swinging a red and green, uh, a, a blue and green lightsaber around. You know, it was yeah. cool. I kind of wish that the mace and Django Fett fight had been a little longer. Yeah, because just I do the, too. just the small portions of that were just awesome. 
super size. Super size. Super so, size. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, um, I, w- I really wanted, you know, if, if Django lasted as long as he did against Obi-Wan, yeah. does that mean that Mace Windu is that much better? You know, and all he did was run toward him and, and was deflecting b- laser bolts. Mm-hmm. You know, Django, I don't know. He, that fight should have lasted a little longer. It yeah. should have. It should have. Should it definitely should have. And um, uh, the uh, uh, when when Mace cuts his head off, mm-hmm. and it shows that shot of the of the uh, helmet flying through the air, the shadow mm-hmm. of the decapitation. Yeah, of the helmet. And if you watch closely enough, you can see the head come out of the helmet. Yeah. Of course, you never see the head, it's but the, they shadow. end up they end up showing the the helmet roll around on the ground. But mm-hmm. the fact that that you can actually see the head coming out, I mean, that's a good touch to detail. I've always liked that part. Yeah, Ashley likes when heads fall out of helmets. <laughs> of course, um, I don't even know what that means, but you know. But I can I can honestly say the defining moment for me in this movie is when uh, Anakin goes after his mom. And there's that whole relationship. Because that is where you see... Let me look at my notes here. Um, that is where... You know, it, it's a very emotional and and fitting scene. And that's where Anakin really shows the pain. The fear. I mean, the fact of losing your mother. No matter what age you're at, that's going to affect you. And, and the fact... Especially since he doesn't have a father. Especially since he doesn't have a father. Him. Yeah. And, and now his... His mom, his only relative, the only person who truly understands him, is now gone. And when he finds her, she's been beat up, tortured. And to find her, and they just have that one glimming, soft, tiny moment together before she passes away. That, for me, was just like, now I understand. Mm-hmm. Now I understand. This, this is where, This is where it starts. This is his downfall. Yeah. And then going after the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. That was that was uh I, I I remember going, Wow, he's he's actually like really killing people. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, so upset and not mad people. that he Huh? They're not people. Yeah, they are. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh that he's actually killing living beings. Yeah. You know, out of out of hatred. Yeah. And that was that was pretty uh uh I'm at a loss for words. It was it was pretty. Um, it, it's just emotional. Yeah, it was it was heavy. I, I don't know. Okay, good. Yeah, it, I it used is to heavy. Be scared of that scene. I would always cover my eyes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let you watch it at first. I mean, because I mean, it's just oh my gosh. Why? I have a bunch of things that I that I wanted to run through, just like little more fanboy things that I okay. really liked. But what do, what do you have? Uh, seismic charges. <laughs> Love the seismic charges. Those are awesome. Awesome. And when they when they first come out, like all the all the sound on the on the soundtrack just mm-hmm. stops. Yeah, yes. and there's not even any music playing. I remember being in the theater watching that, thinking, "Oh, something happened to the sound system," and then, <laughs> boing, you know, it's like, "Wow!" And I don't know what that sound is, but it's so foreign and awesome. I um I saw an advertisement. Uh, I mean, I saw a video clip of uh, Ben Burt the sound editor on the uh-huh. Star Wars movies uh, talking about how he didn't think he'd ever tell anybody what that was because he wanted to keep that sound a secret. Good. Yeah, he's got to keep, keep his he's got to keep his his tricks, you know, close to the vest. Yeah. And I mean his sound design is just amazing. It's awesome. 
Speaking of Anakin killing the Tusken Raiders, when he's going into that, and then it cuts to to Yoda's apartment, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there meditating. You can hear Qui Gon say, "Anakin, no!" That was a nice little touch. Very nice touch, and that was a fanboy scene too. Yes, yes it was because you had to know who Anakin, uh, who Qui Gon was, and all that. Um, another thing about the planet Camino when Obi Wan's approaching it for the first time, there are little flashes of lightning in the atmosphere because oh, yeah. that you know it's nothing but a rain planet mm-hmm. and when when he's flying in you can see just little flashes on the surface of the planet well that's the lightning in the clouds and I thought that was a nice yes. touch um kind of looking over my my little my notes here um oh you know what I did like that that um Jar Jar Binks you know because they, I know I know they dialed K- him K- way back didn't they 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 dialed him way back and for all the fanboys who didn't you know who hated him in the first movie? He's actually the cause of the rise of the empire. Yeah, because kind of like he, George said, okay, you hate him, and I'll give you reason to hate him. Yes, <laughs> you know, Be, because he's the one that 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 gave the chancellor all the power to become a dictatorship, which is, you know, that's and, and Anakin, you know, he believes in the dictatorship as he said. No, nah, he was just teasing Padme when he mm, said that. He was with tongue firmly placed in cheek. You think so? Yeah, because I think he really does. And it's kind of it. it I, I like his little discussion about how government should work. You know, people should get together, talk about the problem, and come up with the solution. You know, when we're when we're all young and idealistic, that's how that that's how we think the world should work. But everyone is so. But then the queen goes like this. But everyone's different, and everyone has a different way of looking at things. And it's not that easy. And that's where negotiations come in. And that's just how you have to. You know, unfortunately, the world is a very, very complicated place with different different ways of looking at the world and stuff. And and you know, Anakin's just black and white. You know, if you're my way, out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing something wrong, out. I mean, you know, uh, laws are, are you know laws can be fluid. In you know, you break it, but was there a reason you broke it? Okay, there's there's reasons why you did that. Okay, well then maybe you really didn't break the law under circumstances, but. You know, a dictator would would be like, you broke the law, er, you're out. And you can see why <clears throat> why he's easy pickings for Palpatine. Yes. Later on, you know, maybe maybe he gets part of that from Palpatine because he mentions, you know, that he's uh, he said something about Palpatine's guidance. Yes. You know, he says, well, it's more your guidance really than my patience is what. Yeah, he says your patience has finally paid off, and he says, well, it's more your guidance. So there's probably a lot of that that he's been hearing from Palpatine, little subtle, uh, little subtle, uh, just things that Palpatine would say to to try to just influence him one way or the other. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's probably got a lot of that. Um, Sifo-Dyas? yeah, mm. Dar- obviously Darcidius. Yes, well, Darcidius or Dooku, one or the other. I'm thinking it's Sidious only because of the name Sifo-Dyas. Yeah. yeah. Although Sifo-Dyas apparently was a real person. Yeah, I was looking on Wookapedia, which is the Star Wars Wikipedia thing. okay? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Isn't that cute? And it's all things Star Wars run yeah. by fans. And there was, a, there was an entry about that, and they've kind of retrofitted them into some of the stories and stuff like that, Sifo-Dyas. Really? So, um, yeah, you, and I read somewhere that, that Sifo, uh, George Lucas originally meant to explain more of who Sifo Dias was in the third movie. Yeah. Never got into it. Yeah. And it's, exp- it's it's explained in more detail in one of the Star Wars books. 
I must I must not have read. I have a lot of the Clone War novels, but I haven't mm-hmm. read a lot of them. So, but um, you know that that was a nice, interesting part. It really gave the fans something to think about. Mm-hmm. Who is Sifo Diaz? We got to figure out who this is. It's just too similar to Sidious. Yeah, for me, Dooku's Tyrannus. Dooku was Tyrannus, yeah. right? Because he calls him Lord Tyrannus. Yeah. Lord Tyrannus. Um, speaking of Sidious, uh, I thought it was interesting that his. His hideout was in the dingy, dirty part of Coruscant. Where no one would Yeah, exactly. Where no one would want to go. That's that's pretty cool. Oh, you know what? I want to. One part that I absolutely just rolled my eyes at, and this is jumping back to the beginning of that's the movie. That's fine. I still have some things to talk about earlier in the movie. Well, uh, during the the assassination scene where they're chasing Zam or Zim, whatever her name is, yeah. through the city, and they go through those power couplings. Right. That that reminded me of like we've all seen this in cartoons where there's someone running in front of a boulder that's rolling in front of them. Um, you know what? Why don't you veer to the left or veer to the right? Why are you staying yeah. right in front of the rock? So it's like them going through the couplings. Why not go over the? Yeah, couplings? he had plenty of time to do that. He had yeah. plenty of time to move. That kind of bugged me a little bit. That was too cartoony for me. Um, I want to say the the fact that. Zam Wessel character was even in this movie bothered me. They could have used the Aura Singh Yeah, what do I? I mean, I don't know. You know. Oh, and then the the bit of dialogue where where they're they're in the uh, they had just followed her into the bar, uh-huh. and he says uh, Obi Wan says something about you know you'll be the death of me. No, well that was cool too. Why do you, why do I have keep having the feeling you'll be the death of me? Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was a little foreshadowing, fanboy foreshadowing, which was cool. But um, the the he says something like, you know, if you see him, be careful or whatever. And she and Obi Wan says no, and Anakin says, I think he's a she, and I think I she's, she's a changing. And Obi Wan gets that look on his face and is like, oh, well, in that case, be extra careful. You know, if it was a, a male non shapeshifter, mm-hmm. it would have been okay to take a little shortcut here and there. But mm-hmm. since it's a female shapeshifter, be Extra careful. <laughs> I just thought that was that was why even say oh in that case be extra careful. It just was dumb. Mm. Whatever. I did like the character though the the the, the Zam Zam Wessel. Yeah, I did. I did like her. I wish they had used our Singh. Uh, the only reason I can think maybe they didn't use her is that she would have stuck out like a sore thumb in a bar. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> because so. you know because she's so white yeah. and pale and tall. Maybe so I mean maybe that's why it was good to have a shapeshifter. Yeah. Um, and the shapeshifter, in my opinion, didn't. I mean, so he this per this this shapeshifter looks like a uh, like a toad, you know, but takes the 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 form of a female. I mean, why not? I mean, why not use that ability to look like Ben and kind of confuse the matter? Or look like Anakin, and now there's yeah. two Anakins there, right? And Ben has to figure out. I mean, why not take it? I think that goes back to where we we were saying that. George Lucas did all these things because he could now, because he had the technology. Yeah. And instead of thinking them through, thinking different things through, like, oh, what if we had this this shapeshifter impersonate one of our Jedi? Mm-hmm. That would make for interesting, you know. I, I, you know, I just think. But, uh, I, I mean, in, in the big scheme of things, in, instead of Django uh, contracting out to Zam, I mean, he really could have just done it himself. And you know he could have shot a dart at one of the at one of the Jedi's, and they could have pulled it out of their gut and examined it. 
you know, Zam was really kind of pointless in this. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I guess, I guess, you know, he, Lucas, there's a, this movie has a lot of story elements in it and it's It's, kind of, it's almost overwhelming. It it can be. Yeah. And, and I guess they just had a lot of story to fit out. This is kind of what I wish, um, a Phantom Menace had been a little bit. I wish it had been more of this. I mean, it's, it's nice to see, see, um, see Anakin as a teenager, but to see him as a boy, you know, all they had to do at the beginning of this movie is say something like, yeah, we picked him up on Tatooine. He was a, a little refugee boy and we found him here and, you know, boom. Yeah. Cause that's basically all episode one is that you need to know. Yeah. Of course we would have gotten caught Qui-Gon Jinn, but it's true. You know, I guess they had to make three movies to have a trilogy. Any other points? Well, um, a couple of the other things I really liked. The speeder chase I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first time we had really seen Coruscant up close and personal like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. I like the fact that in all six of these movies, somebody says, I've got a bad feeling about yeah. this. Yeah. I thought that was really cool how they did that. Um, what did you think of the Jedi X-Wings with the, uh, with the circle warp engines on it? You know, that's how they travel? Yeah, the the ships themselves don't have hyperdrive but the, but no the, the obi-wan was flying it and oh, it had yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. the circle and he disengaged from that yeah. circle Love that basically that. was a portable hyperdrive yes engine I th- that was that was kind of cool that made me happy i thought that was kind of cool love that design uh let's see uh one thing that bothered me was in padme's ship there was they had she had like one button that did it all you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> she pushed a button to call up the map of Geonosis, the star map yeah. of Geonosis. And transmit and, a message. And she used the same button to transmit the message. <laughs> the same button. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Didn't she call up a map with that? How does it know that she wants to transmit a message now? Second function button. Yeah, it was the same button. She, I just she thought pushed that was, alt that was, before yes. she pushed that. We just didn't see that. Right. With her left hand, she was holding the alt key down. Yeah. I just thought that was lame. Mm. Um. Christopher Lee was great. Awesome. Great was, choice. Yeah. he Like Qui-Gon to me in the first movie, mm-hmm. Christopher Lee's acting was pretty much the only acting that I bought. Yes. And uh, you could even... It's almost like Christopher Lee was recognizing the fact that he was in this goofy movie, mm-hmm. but he was just going on with it oh. anyway. And, you know, that's what a good actor does. They take the role, they absorb it, and they do it the best that they can and that's what he did you know the you know when obi-wan's hanging in those electrified bonds uh-huh. and he walks in and he goes oh there's been a huge mistake this is madness i can't believe this you know that was just really good yeah oops yeah sorry about this i don't know what's happened Let's take care of this right away you know he's being real smart aleck about it or whatever that's funny. uh how come r2 uh didn't use the jets that he has when he needed to climb a staircase. Uh, <laughs> you know when Padme, when when Padme and Obi Wan yes, arrive on saw Naboo, him struggling he's, he's like, beep, 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 beep. why didn't he just fire up the jets and? Yeah, mean, come on, I, you know what? I agree. That's so funny you bring that up. It was just dumb, dumb. When uh, another thing I uh, was wondering about in the droid factory, mm-hmm. when Anakin gets his hand caught. Do you think some people in the audience were like, oh, I wonder if this is where he loses yes, his hand? Because I remember the first time I thought, saw the movie, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because we know he loses it because uh-huh. Darth Vader's got one mechanical hand. Mm-hmm. So 
and obviously that happened before he got his arm cut off, you know, in mm-hmm. the in the duel at the end. So I'm just wondering. And the funny thing is, it never crossed my mind. I never asked myself, oh, I wonder if he's going to get his hand chopped off here. Me neither. But today I was watching it, and I was like, huh, I wonder if that's if people thought that when they saw that. I can I can remember thinking about that. You know, that just might have been you know a fake little. You know, a little something out there to throw to you just to make you think, oh, is this it? Is this a scene? Is mm-hmm. this where it's going to happen? Um, I have quite a few other likes and dislikes, but you go ahead. Oh, let's see. Uh, anything that happened on Geonosis, I was with. I liked the arena battle. I liked when the when the clone troopers arrived at the end. Yeah. You know, Dooku's about to fire up the fire up the droids again mm-hmm. to kill them all, and Padme looks up and goes, look, and then they come in and just... There's the one the one ship's flying in just clearing a path you know just yeah. mowing down droids uh, I, I that was did, pretty awesome i i loved ben's little um little snip when they're being chained to the to the columns he goes hey we came here to rescue you good, good job. job good job <laughs> what about padme she seems to be on top, top of things. things yes yeah that was funny yeah there were some you know there was a, there were some hints of the old movies of mm-hmm. the of the original movies with some of the little funny quips mm-hmm. here every once in a while, you know Han Solo was full of those, you know, yeah. um, and it it was nice to kind of have that. Um, it's too bad there wasn't just a little more of that and a little less of the of the cheesiness. You know, g- going kind of jumping ahead to the um, to the labor si- uh, to the uh, lightsaber battle mm-hmm. where we get we get Ben and. Darth Tyrannus, and then we get Lu- uh, Anakin and Darth Tyrannus. And one thing I didn't—I don't know why they chose it to do it this way—but it was all close-ups. Do you remember that? I have that down here. When Anakin was fighting Dooku, mm-hmm. there were a lot of close-ups where you just saw him swinging their lightsabers around. Right. I think one of the reasons they did that was to actually to be able to show the reflection of the lightsaber colors on mm-hmm. their faces. Now I think w- what they were doing is when they shot those, they were actually swinging around lit rods mm-hmm. to bathe their faces in the colors. Oh, okay. Because I remember thinking in all the other movies, especially in the first three, uh, and in Episode One, thinking, okay, now would have been the perfect time to start doing this, but there was never any. What's the what's the term? Incidental yeah. light. Yeah. And there wasn't any incidental glow of the lightsaber bouncing off anything. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was always pretty lame, you know, because they're pretty bright light sources. Yeah. Well, in those close-ups, there's no way you can avoid not showing. It would have looked silly, I think. The room's dark. That's almost the only light in that, that room because mm-hmm. when, was it Anakin or one of the two swipes that, Lightsaber, well, his lightsaber at that cable on the yeah, ground, yeah. and it sparks, and then all the lights dim. Mm-hmm. At up to that point, or right at that point, the only light that's really left are their their lightsabers. So if anybody's going to see anything, it's going to be because of the light from the lightsabers, mm-hmm. and so it really showed up on their faces. And I think that was just a way to to say, oh look, here's lights from the lightsabers reflecting off their faces. I I hated those close-ups because it yeah. took away from the dramatic. It did. The dramatic choreography of, especially of the episode one lightsaber duel. Yeah. Because I think we needed to see, uh, just because we saw Ben fight him, we saw uh, uh, Ben fight uh, Darth Dooku, and that was a pretty good fight. Dooku was playing with him the whole time, though. Yeah. Um, 
you know, when Anakin runs at him and he just fires that lightning and yeah. basically swats him away like a fly, uh-huh. that was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. Uh, then we come down to, I think, you know, probably the highlight of the movie, one of my favorite scenes is, is Yoda. Oh, my gosh. Old West, you know. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I think when all the fans heard that Yoda was going to be doing a oh yeah a sword fight, we all thought the best and the worst, you know, r- being prepared for the worst, and they did a fantastic job. What I liked fantastic. Uh, was when Yoda walks up, he pulls his robe aside, and yeah, yeah, grabs yeah. it with, with the force. with the force. It just yes. flies off. We'll old you know, so, like that old west move. So awesome, so awesome. Um, seeing the Death Star. Yes, the plane. That, that was, was probably, subtle. That was probably my favorite fanboy moment. Was actually seeing the Death Star, the plans. Yeah. Anyway, the the projection of it. I was like, no way. Now, did you pick up on that, or did you, or did your yeah. dad point it out? Okay. Yeah. Because the first time I saw it, I didn't pick up on it. It was the second time that someone, so after the movie, someone pointed it out to me. The second time I saw it, you know, I was like, oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, and it's real quick if you didn't. Yeah, you very didn't, quick. If you didn't notice it. Except yeah. except when when the Geonosian dude hands the, the little Oh, yeah, then that's obvious. And, yeah. he, and he punches the button, and it has a little holographic projection right, right there. I'll take that's these. the only place I saw these it. These will be safe. Oh, there's another scene master. right before it that's. They're talking about the weapon that they're making, and yeah, he says if if they did figure out what we're making, we're what we're building, if we figure out what we're planning on building, we're doomed. And in the background is the big red projection of the Death Star. The yeah, subtitles. it's hard not to read the subtitles. You know, and that's up. probably what happened to me when they downloaded onto the little pad. Yeah, then then I okay, that's obvious. Um, you know, going to the music of this movie, one of my favorite parts, and it's one of the last scenes in the movie. It's when the army is forming. And all the senators are standing on that ledge, kind of looking over and watching all the all the armies. But then, that's where we start to hear the remnants of Vader's theme. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that may be the first time we see it, hear it being used in the fashion that we know it, and not. Yeah, that was that was very cool, and and very you know, a lot of foreshadowing. Like this is this is it. This is this is where democracy ends. This is where the empire starts to rise. This is where uh, Count uh, Darsidious has... Yeah. This is the actual track from the fifth episode, but it's similar to this. I don't think... I, I don't think this this music from the second movie is on the soundtrack that I've been playing. Mm. If it has, it's we've missed it. It's been... It's played underneath when we've been talking, but yeah, you could hear that. Yeah. And Jimmy Smith's is His up little on the... Fist. You know, did they really need Jimmy Smith's? This is another thing I wanted to say. Did they really need Jimmy Smith's, the dude from NYPD Blue, to be... L.A. Law. Whatever. <laughs> uh, he was in NYPD Blue was, also. Okay. Yeah. Did they really need him to be in this play? movie? He was Bail Organa. He was the guy that ends up in the third movie yeah. adopting the infant Leia. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you really think it's wise to do that in these such stressful times? Remember that guy that was, yeah. was really lame? I was like, "What is this really necessary? You know, then I, it just it took away. F- I wasn't thinking, oh, there's Bail Organa. I'm thinking, there's Jimmy Smith. <laughs> Why is he in this movie? Uh, it didn't bother me that much, but, um, you know, they have to introduce that character. So Some that way. when, yeah, so when we see him in the third movie, we see what role he plays. On the other hand. Why didn't it bother me that Samuel L. Jackson was Mace Windu? Because Samuel L. Jackson's cool. Because he pulled it off. Yeah, he made it. He made me believe that he was Mace Windu, yeah. not yeah. the dude from Pulp Fiction with the vulgar mouth, mm-hmm. not the 
guy from Jurassic Park who... Scientist, the chain-smoking scientist. Yeah, who, you know, rebooted the computer system. Hold on to your butts. That was Samuel L. Jackson, you know. Um, and then the scene at the beginning, at the very beginning where Palpatine is in his office a meeting. It's after the, the uh, uh, attempt on the senator's life. Mm-hmm. The Palpatine's sitting at his desk, and there's seven Jedi sit standing across from him. None of them know he's... None of them. Yeah. You know, there's seven Jedi standing there, and none of them are going, you, do you have a headache? I got a headache. Uh, something doesn't feel right. He was that powerful, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. That two he could, of those seven are extremely powerful. Yeah. He could mask his presence from two masters who are such advanced as Yoda and Mace Windu. Yeah. I mean, that, that was... Pretty that awesome. was pretty awesome mm. to know that he could actually fool them and get away with doing something like that. And you that. know yeah. what, Brad? I don't know about you, but I mean, even by that time, by the second movie, we still were not 100% certain that yeah. he was behind it all. Yeah, we were. Um, which, you know, I mean, in, in the end, you know, all, all things are revealed, but we're still thinking, is there a clone? Is there someone else behind this? Mm-hmm. You know, but in the end, it, it is what it is. There, we could go on. I've still got a page worth of notes that I could talk yeah, about. Yeah, but we but should wrap it up. We should wrap it up. Allison, uh, it's your last chance to say anything you want about the uh, movie. Here you uh, go. Episode two. Um, what I really liked in the um, um, the arena is um, like when Anakin gets on like the dinosaur-looking thing, it kind of calmed down a little and like kind of played with him a little. And that's what I liked a little. It was, it was neat seeing him actually be able to to calm this beast. Yeah. Yes. And I'd, I'd like to think he was using the force in that. Yeah. In that, mm-hmm. you know, because it works on weaker minds. It would work on a beast like yeah. that. It, it, it would even work on him. Flash, <laughs> who is sniffing my leg as we speak. Yeah. Shy Flash. Hi. Well, okay. Let's let's wrap it up. We definitely want to hear what you think about about this episode. Please give us your thoughts on it. We're at the comics the comic forums. Dot com. Just scroll down. You'll see us. We also have a link on our website, halfhourwasted.com. Um, thank you, Ashley and Allison, for yeah, being here. Thank you here. so much for coming. We'd love, we love to hear from you guys. Talking to us about this. Uh, the next episode, which will be in a couple weeks, we will cover Revenge of the Sith. We'll have Johnny M. from the forums on that one. Yes. Cool. And um, like I said, that'll be in a couple weeks. But please drop us your comments and just let us know how you feel about it. Yes, 614-715-3900, extension 775 Zero zero six four pound, and um, drop us an email. Give us a message. Send us, tell us how much you love us. Yes, and we still have some bumper sticker, guys. If you want one, uh, send us an email with the address you want sent to, and we'll do that. It has to be through email. We won't do it on the forms. Um, all right, guys. Uh, Brad, good Frank, to see you. Good to see you, girls. Thanks for coming. Yeah. And we'll see you next time on a half hour wasted. We're Bye. at fifty seven minutes. Bye.